Life Audio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Questions with Caden. Welcome to, I think, our 10th or 11th episode. I was just trying to figure that out right now, and I'm actually not sure. But uh, either way, it's going to be a great episode. I'm really glad that you clicked on today, and I hope that um, this podcast, you have a lot of fun while you listen. You are encouraged and you're inspired to walk closely with Jesus after this. couple announcements before we jump into our conversation, which is going to be a fun one today, actually. We got, uh, we got the man, the myth, Mike Lusso, manager Mike, on the pod, on the ones and twos, behind the camera today. Say what up, Mike. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? This is going to be fun. So, Mike, um, if you don't know Mike, which if you've listened to the, the podcast, you've heard me talk about Mike like a lot. Mike is one of my best friends in the world, but he also is just like amazing. He helps at Yona and he, he runs all the operations stuff. And he's just, I just love having him around. So he's going to kind of help us today. We're going to be asking questions off of chat GPT, the most uh, asked Christian questions. And I don't know them. Mike's going to rapid fire them at me. And we're going to probably ask like five to 10. We might make this a two-parter if we just keep flowing. Um, and we're going to have fun. It's going to be a cool episode because I don't know what's coming. And I'm sure a lot of these questions you guys will be asking. And how about we do this? If there's a question that we do ask and you really enjoy it and I don't get to go super in-depth on it because we don't have like a ton of time, uh, DM me that you like it and we'll make a full episode out of that question uh, later down the road. Uh, big shout out to Life Audio. If you like podcasts like this, go check out their podcast at lifeaudio.com. They have tons of podcasts similar to this one, but none is good. Like, Kaden, you're not supposed to say that. That's like, they don't want you. Also, shout out You and Me Media for having us in today. Um, if you need any podcasting, video, uh, photography needs, or creative needs, uh, go to youandmemedia.co. Is that correct? That is correct. Courtney yelled from the other room. <laughs> yeah. And uh, click on the book. Is it book? Is it book? The link? Is the link Is the link you click book to book here? Would you cl- studio. click studio? And you can book this place. It's amazing. It's awesome. Courtney and her team are amazing to work with. Mike, how good is it? It's awesome. Beautiful studio. No, it's gorgeous. We love being here. I, I get emotional. I don't know what I'll do without them. But uh, also, we have merch, and I've said this, and I'll say it again. This merch is being discontinued. This capsule will be gone in a couple months, and um, we'll be coming out with a new capsule. So if you like this stuff, don't be like, oh, it'll be there. It won't. Go get it. Go to kadenfabrizio.com. Click the shop button. Get your merch. And um, then you have like an exclusive piece of questions with Caden merch. And we're going a really different direction with the next merch stuff. It's going to be very different. So if you want the OG stuff, go get it. It's affordable. I promise. I made sure it was. All right. I think, oh, last thing. And I always forget to tell you guys this. Subscribe everywhere. Literally everywhere. Mike, like tell them how important that is. It is imperative that you subscribe. It's imperative. Like if you if you don't subscribe, this podcast literally just crumbles, to be honest. Like the subscriptions are the biggest thing you can do for us. Um, oh, and then last announcement, we have Yona coming up. This is coming out tomorrow. So may we have Yona this Friday. So if you are a Southern California young adult 
Come to Yona May 12th at 6.30 p.m. in Haven City Market at Rancho Cucamonga and get there. Uh, we have Brenly Brown and Cade Thompson coming to lead worship. I'm giving a word. It's going to be amazing. I'm super expectant. I've been praying in the spirit relentlessly for this night. Mike has been too, I can guarantee you. And uh, we're just really excited. So if you want to come hang, you want to say hi to me, say hi to Mike, we will all be there having a fantastic night. Okay, that's everything. Let's jump into this podcast. Mikey, hit me with the first question. All right. So here are questions coming straight from uh, artificial intelligence. <laughs> Chat GPT is the most popular one. So we literally just, uh, what did we type in? We said, uh, I need top questions that Christians are asking on the internet. Can you give me some questions, please? So are you ready? This is the first one. Ready. You know what we All should right. be, really be asking is like how long until like AI destroys us? Not soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> so dark. <laughs> all right question number one okay what is the meaning of life according to christianity that's a great question i think i'd say that uh through scripture i think you can see obviously through the old testament but i think um very clearly in the new testament you can see the life of jesus and you can see what his life was the purpose of his life was obviously to model the christian life as well as to come and to be the sacrifice um, so that we could have relationship with God. Um, I would say that through the Christian lens and what I would believe to be truth, um, the, I guess really the, the meaning of life would be to know God and to manifest and reconcile God to others. And so what that means is to have a relationship with Jesus, to know your creator, know your purpose, know your intent for being designed and intricately woven in your mother's womb, to know um, who he is and how much he loves you, and then to be able to share that with every other person in your life and the people that you come across. Allow your life to be a lighthouse and manifest that love of God. And I think a lot of people would go, okay, well, that's great. That's maybe like a little bit uh, cliche of an answer, but I would tell you like once you experience and you fully know Jesus, then you will fully know yourself. And once you fully know yourself, I think you could start to understand what you're made for, what you were born for, the purpose of your life, your calling, and you'll start to find the intricacies within life that you're possibly asking yourself, what am I here for? You know, what am I called to? What are my talents? What are my giftings? What should I be doing with my life? I think if you spend time knowing God and then allowing God to use you to show other people him, you're going to find out that how he does that through you is actually the thing you're most purposed for and um, actually designed for. Is that a good answer? That was great. Okay, sick. All right, next one. How can I deepen my relationship with God? Oof. Um, yeah, I think I just filmed an episode with Janine Alvapola that's coming out next week, but we kind of talked about this a little bit. I think like in order to really deepen a relationship with Jesus, it requires uh, intimacy. And I think like when I was a younger, like less mature believer, the word intimacy with God made me super uncomfortable, actually. Like you're like, what, what does that really even mean? You know, you're kind of like, I thought like intimacy was made for like your significant other or something like that. But really like what intimacy means is it means like somebody fully knowing you and you fully knowing another person. And I think to deepen a relationship with God, you first have to be open and vulnerable to God and allow him into all the spaces and places and 
hurt and pain and crevices and awkward situations and addictions and struggles and depression. You got to give him all of those things so that he can fully begin to work in those. And then you also have to seek him. Scripture says that if you seek uh, the kingdom of God, everything else will be added. And what does that really mean? It means to seek and know Jesus, to get in the word. Um, Scripture also says, though, that the word became flesh. So you can't just be in the word. You got to know Jesus. Um, the word actually became Jesus. And so I think you spend time in devotion, uh, reading scripture, learning what it looks like to be a Christian, learning what uh, the attributes and behaviors of Jesus were and allowing those to be models for your life. But that alone is not enough. Like Mike would even say, and something that he's so good about communicating, like you can know and read the words in the Bible and just become a good moralist. Like you can just have good Christian morals, but actually never know God. And so you have to make sure that you're in the word, you're being transformed by the word, but you're also spending time in prayer, in worship, in devotion. The Bible says pray without ceasing. So all day long, you have God on your mind. You're speaking to Jesus. You're asking him for things. You're telling him things you need. You're talking to him. I think the way you deepen a relationship with anybody would be increased communication. Like if you had a girlfriend or a boyfriend or you had a friend that you were interested in getting to know better, it doesn't happen if you never see them or never talk to them. It only happens if you increase the amount of time which you spend with somebody. So if you want to get to know God deeper, it's not going to happen on accident and it's not going to happen truthfully by more sermons or even more podcasts. It's going to be by you getting in your room, you being getting at your dinner table, wherever, and spending time in the word and in prayer and in worship and getting to know God, spending time with him. Is that good too? Solid. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. two for two. <laughs> He's gonna throw like a crazy one at me here all soon, right. and I might not answer. Um, well, I mean, this is this is all coming from AI. It's not coming from me. Uh, Chat GPT wants to know the Lord. You know, <laughs> we're gonna get Chat GPT saved today. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Wow, kidding? You really answered all these questions?" <laughs> He's like, "Bro, we just get like a, bu- a bubble like pops up from Chat GPT, and he goes, how do I give my life to the Lord?' Right. Like he's asking us questions, right?" All right, so question number three is, what is the role of faith in Christianity? Yeah, I think that's, that is like a hard question, I think. I think a lot of people are like, why can't I just be like logical? You know, I think there's like that battle between like faith and logic. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, what do you mean? Why do I have to have faith? Why can't God just show me? Why can't God just do it? If I believe in him, why can't he just like immediately do it? And Mike and I were talking about this a little bit this morning at coffee, and I think it's similar. Like, I think there's an aspect of faith, which faith is believing what you can't see. There's this aspect of faith that is like a testing. And there's a, there's a story in Scripture, I think it's Matthew 14. Mike, can you, look, can you look it up and make sure I'm correct with that? But it's, I think it's Matthew 14. It's the gent, a Gentile woman comes to Jesus to have her daughter healed. And she comes to Jesus and she goes, hey, God, Jesus, can you heal my daughter? And he ignores her. And so she asks him again and his disciples step in and go basically like, Hey, you need to like get out of here. And Jesus asks her, he goes, what do you need? And she's like, can you heal my daughter? And Jesus's response is really interesting. He says, he goes, well, actually I came to save my chosen people, not for the dogs, which if you know anything about like Jewish and, Gentile relations back in the day, the Jewish, like Jewish people hated Gentiles. They called them dogs. It's, it's terrible. And, um, but Jesus's, his response is not because he actually believes this Gentile woman is a dog. He's testing her faith and her posture. 
So then the woman answers. She replies to him, and she basically goes like, hey, even dogs are capable enough to eat the scraps off of the feet, off the underneath the table of their masters. And then Jesus goes, good answer. That's exactly what I wanted to hear from you. I'll heal your daughter. And I think what I love about that story and why I'm kind of attributing it to this question of like faith is because I think often God tests us to see where our faith is, to see where our heart is. And I think if we are often easy to give up or to quit or when things get hard or we can't fully wrap around, wrap our minds around um, what God's doing, I think we miss the fullness of who God is because we kind of cheapen ourselves and we cheapen what he wants to do in us and through us and how he wants to heal us and um, reach other people through our lives. So I would say the the purpose of faith often in Christianity is a foundational element in heart posture, in relationship building, and in, um, I would even argue, intimacy. You think? Yeah, I think um, the way I kind of put it is faith is the catalyst in which it allows us and God to be intimate with each other. So good. Why didn't you just answer that one? <laughs> I just spent like 10 minutes babbling. That was fire. On uh, Matthew 14 is I, I Googled it and it was like John the Baptist beheaded. <laughs> <laughs> and I was Cla- like, that's not it. <laughs> Classic me. Where is it? It's, and, it's Matthew 15. You're a one 15, chapter. Yeah, one chapter 15, off. 21, I'm, Dude, I'm that guy. I'm always like, it's like you could you could argue it's like okay well at least Caden like knows his words sort of yeah like yeah you're I'm close the, enough I'm in the ballpark dude. you're a lot closer than a lot of Christians yeah, yeah, you're it's like true. it's in the Bible it's somewhere it's true. if I was if I was preaching and I like was preaching a random thought and I flipped to Matthew 14 I would look over at 15 and go oh my bad it's right here right so I'm in the ballpark I'm close enough we were talking about this today with Janine I don't know if you could hear from outside the door but we were talking about how like Christians get weird about like googling Bible verses. Oh, really? Like, it's like not, that's not, it's not unholy to yeah. like Google a Bible verse. Like, oh, I'm anxious today. Bible verses on anxiety. Like, yeah. just Google it. I don't it's think, uh, or right? Chat GPT it. Or just chat GPT. Chat GPT. I'm, I'm anxious right now. Can you give me the top 10 Bible verses for anxiety? <laughs> Dude, and, he, and it would. Yeah. Pastor Chat GPT. Pastor Chat. Chat GPT's theology is kind of good. Right? It's kind of good. I'm just going to say that. Caden may or may not be using ChatGPT for his sermon for Yana this Friday. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Honestly, I just took a video. I'll post it, but I was, they were, Courtney and Mike were just showing me how to use ChatGPT and my mind was being blown. And I go, I look at Mike and I go, will this like write a sermon? And he's like, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm in there. Right? <laughs> Who All needs right. revelation when you have ChatGPT? Like, don't say that. All right. Are you ready for uh next question? Yeah. What is this? Number four? Yep. How much time are, are we at? We're at 15 minutes right now. Oh, cool. how long? Yeah, we can like wrap up a bunch of these. How do Christians reconcile the existence of evil and suffering with a loving God? It's a popular one. That is a very popular question. You know, I think that's a that's honestly a hard question because often people are like, hey, how, if God was good, how could he allow evil? And I think similar people would go, if God is so good, how could he send people to hell? Would be like a, a similar question. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. And I think something that you have to like understand and realize is first of all, scripture is very clear about the um about suffering. And actually in many cases, Paul even says, consider it joy to suffer, because we then look more like Christ. So when you understand like you have like that kind of idea of like a suffering theology, you can kind of like you can kind of like I guess reconcile that a little bit more. But I would say this. I'd say God is good 
regardless of what you see circumstantially in the world. Like the what, who God is and what he does is not is not dictated and driven by circumstance and situations on planet earth. God is good, period. Which means he's always when when things happen on the earth that's typically that's that's not what he wants. Like this guy is going I I desire good things for my children. But there's this thing in scripture called free will. And if you're Calvinist, you don't agree with me. But there's this thing in scripture called free will. And God gives Adam and Eve from the beginning free will. And what free will does is free will produces something called a consequence. And consequence in this can be good or bad. Like if you do something to somebody, there will be a consequence, whether that consequence is good or bad. If I give Mike flowers, Mike will smile. That's the consequence of the flowers. If I step on Mike's flowers, Mike will frown. That's the consequence of my actions. And a lot of the times what we see happening on earth, these bad, evil, suffering, they're consequences out of actions that happen because of free will. Now, here's the good news. God sent Jesus to be the answer for all of these things. God sent Jesus to the world to allow them to, to allow us to know Jesus, to have everlasting life one day so that this is just not our, our state that we have to stay in. We get to be heavenly minded. We get to be renewed internally. Yes, there's still sin in the world, but we don't have to be, we're, we're of the world. We don't have to be in it. Um, I, I would say this way. I've heard this analogy. If people were on, on a train, on train tracks, headed to a destination, and they stopped at a train station, and somebody ran up to the everybody in the train and said, hey, you guys don't want to keep going. The train tracks have collapsed, and if you continue going in the direction you're moving, you're going to fall down into these collapsed tracks. This, this train's going to explode, and everybody on this train is going to die. If nobody listened to the guy at the train station, and they all just... Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Got back on the train and kept going. And, and inevitably, their train takes off at the end of the tracks, falls, explodes, everybody dies. Nobody blames the guy at the train station. They don't go, the guy at the train station that warned everybody sent everybody to the fire to die. They go, there was someone there trying to save them. And that's a picture of, of Jesus. The reason that he died was because 
Jesus isn't sending people to hell. He's trying to snatch them out of it. That's why he is the solution. That's why he is the answer. And so when we ask these questions about evil and suffering, I think it's a very, truthfully, this might be harsh, I think it's a small-minded question. Because I think what you're thinking about, truthfully, is only situations and circumstances, and you're making those situations and circumstances mirror God. Like if you had, if you heard somebody playing Beethoven and they were sucking at it and they made it sound terrible, you would not go, oh my gosh, Beethoven sucks. You'd go, that person who's representing Beethoven did it poorly. That's the same with how people represent Christ, but also how situations and circumstances often make you think, oh my gosh, this circumstance sucks. Well, God must suck. That's not the case. That's not, that's like, that's not good logic. That's my answer. That's good. Thanks. Uh, This is a good follow-up question, actually, because you kind of uh, touched on this. So it was a good segue. Yeah. Next question is, what is the significance of Jesus' death and resurrection? The significance of Jesus' death and resurrection is, um, to put simply, is that Jesus died for man to be able to be forgiven for their sins and to be reconciled to God so that we could have right relationship and right standing with God to be back with the original intent and design that God created humanity to be. Simple. Yeah. I don't think it needs, like, let's not make this thing complicated. Yeah. Jesus died. His, he took on the sins of the world and died so that you didn't have to, so that you can know Jesus, so you you can know God, so that you didn't have to be addicted, you didn't have to be depressed, you didn't have to be caught in sin. So you didn't have to be any of these things. You could be intimate with Jesus and be um, basically living in the right standing of how you were meant to live. Yeah. The gospel's simple. Gospel's simple. Yeah. And me and Mike are simple gospel guys, man. You want to make it complicated, go to a different podcast. <laughs> uh, next question is, what what does the Bible say about forgiveness? Oh, this is this is a good question. Um, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess to your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be forgiven. Now, if we're talking about like forgiveness in terms of our standing with God, there it is. Jesus died so you could be forgiven for your sins, for your transgressions, for A, B, C, D, E, F, G. If we're talking about forgiveness towards other people, Scripture is really clear about... Um, forgiving others as Christ forgave us. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and loving to each other. Forgive each other just as God forgave you in Christ. Scripture is clear, like, if you're someone does you wrong, turn the other cheek. For, like, be quick to forgive as Jesus did. And um, when it comes to many of these questions, it's like, what did Jesus, not the WWJD, but really, like, look at the model in the life of Jesus. And what he did for humanity as well as what he did with his disciples and the people that he encountered while he was here on earth. And you'll get a good model for how to answer a lot of these questions. Mike, you can shout me down, you know? No, that was, that was it. You can give me an amen. Amen. <laughs> I honestly love having you here. This is nice. Is it? Yeah. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not charismatic enough. Yeah, I know. I'm a little Pentecostal. <laughs> You're right. just over there speaking in tongues in the mic, right. <laughs> like having to mute you. Next question? Yeah. All right. How should Christians approach evangelism and sharing their faith? 
Picket tell. signs. Picket signs. Yeah, I think turn and burn. Turn or burn. <laughs> just signs on the on you know the bridges on the highway. Yes, bro. Say, Jesus, Jesus or, or hell. hell. <laughs> it's like, dang, you got me. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I dude, I always think that. I always go, who read that sign and, and goes, ah, you're right. Yeah. You're, I'm literally on the highway to hell right now. Yeah, exactly. That sign just. <laughs> They're like smoking a cigarette on the way to like the bar. Like, <laughs> weird. I need to hit up the church chat guys and tell them to do a mock skit of a guy giving his testimony. Oh my saying gosh. that he saw he saw a sign on the highway that said "truth or hell," and yes, that's how bro. he came to Christ. I, you know, it's so funny. I had never heard anybody getting saved by something like that before yeah. until I, when I was in school. I had a professor. That's how he got saved. Somebody he was like walking. He was literally a gangbanger. He was walking and somebody handed him a card that literally just said, "If you don't know Jesus, you're gonna go to hell." And that scared him enough to like figure out who Jesus was. Right. So I mean, I guess hey, yeah, I guess they do work Maybe for gang members. It works. <laughs> yeah, good tactical evangelism tool for gang members. Maybe, yeah, he's going get shot or go to hell. Right. He's <laughs> like, dang, if I get shot up at this next this next uh, gang event. <laughs> yeah, for real. He's like, man, life is fickle here yeah. around these streets. No, I think I mean evangelism. I think uh, what was the question again? What's the tactic? How should. Uh, how should Christians approach evangelism and sharing their faith? Um, I think you should approach it without fear. I think we approach it uh, a lot of the times we overthink things and we do it. We don't do it because we're afraid, we're afraid of rejection, afraid of looking stupid. Uh, we're honestly afraid that like we're going to go up to somebody and they're going to like laugh at us or something. That's never happened to me. I've never walked up to somebody and like shared the gospel with them, like a random stranger, and they laugh. They're usually shocked. Or they're usually, or they break down, or they like, they can feel that they have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Like you, very rare do you like walk up to someone and go, hey, I, I feel like I'm supposed to share the gospel, tell you about Jesus, and they like flip you off and like do that off. I'll tell you a story. The other day, I was at Stagecoach, shout out country music, <laughs> and uh, I was walking back from the porta potties, and I was walking past a security guard who was watching the porta potties, and the Lord goes, hey, tell this guy, about me and I was like nah and I like kept walking and the reason I said no was because there was a bunch of people around it was stinky it was porta potties like I was just like I, don't, I was meeting up with some friends it was like, it's just inconvenient and I just kept walking and it, the Holy Spirit just like so like nicely convicted me and was basically like how am I supposed to trust you with like anything else I'm doing in your life if you can't even walk up to this random guy <clears throat> You have no, there's no consequence, like, and tell him Jesus loves you. And I was like, gosh, you're so right. So I walked all the way back, dude. I walked all the way back to the porta potty guy. It was stinky. And I started telling this dude about Jesus. And uh, I tell you that because I've been there. Like I've been in the spot where I'm going, I'm, it's inconvenient. I, I'm a little afraid. There's a bunch of people in this coffee shop. There's a bunch of people here. What if he thinks I'm weird? What if I get, what if they say No. And I honestly, like, started to realize, like, you lose nothing by sharing the gospel with somebody, even if they reject you. If they reject you, you still get to go home to your family. If they reject you, you still get to get on Instagram after. If they reject you, you still can go buy ice cream. Like, you can still get in your car, you go to work, you live your life. You, if, if you go tell someone about Jesus and they laugh at you, which this is least case scenario, but they laugh at you and they tell you to go away. Your life does not change. You need to carry the perspective 
that when somebody rejects you telling them about Jesus, they just missed out on the best opportunity in their entire life. If you truly start to value salvation and value knowing Jesus, there's nothing you could offer somebody that's better than that. I was at Stagecoach. Again, I was watching Chris Stapleton, probably one of my favorite secular country music artists, like favorite. And I was, shout out God, I was in the pit. Like, Caden, this is done and you like flex. I was like in the pit and I turned around and there was hundreds of thousands of people. Like as far as the eye could see, literally you could not see anything else except people. It was the craziest thing I've ever turned around and looked at. And I thought to myself, there's hundreds of thousands of people here and Chris to see Chris Stapleton and they gave him and, and he gave them nothing of value tonight. They got to have a little fun. They got to listen to some good music. There was no value added to the hundreds of thousands of people that were there that day. You have to start carrying the perspective that what you have to offer, which is Jesus, is the most valuable thing anybody could ever accept and ever experience. You carry that revelation and you stop being afraid. Go change the world. Next question, mic drop. Solid. All right, this one... uh... This is going to be a test tester test for me. you on your theology. We'll see if this one makes the podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, so this one is, how do Christians interpret and understand the book of Revelation? Yeah, I, I'm going to be fully honest. I'm not like a Revelation like theologian. I think I would even say that I'm, like, I'm de- still developing my eschatology, which for people listening, that's like end times theology. Um, but... I know Mike knows, actually probably knows a lot about this because he's just so dark. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, but just um, what, from what I understand is that uh, the best way to interpret Revelation is there's a lot of um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a lot of like – Symbolism? Symbolism, yeah, the exact word. I'm not, I was going to say allegory, but that wouldn't be correct. There's a lot of symbolism involved in the, these visions that John is seeing in Revelation. And so I think the best way to interpret is often with like a trusted like commentary or source you can read it with because there's some things that John talks about that like we probably actually won't see, but we'll see the symbol of that. Would you agree with me? Yeah, it's definitely a lot of symbolism. It's definitely one of the books that you can't take out of context. You have to understand the historical context of why John was writing it, who he was writing it to. You also have to know your Bible and other scripture because it's like, yeah. let the Bible interpret the Bible. So, so I know that there's a lot of uh, references to Genesis, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, you don't know certain parts of the Bible, you're going to read Revelation and kind of come to your own conclusions. So, yeah. And the thing is, it's like Revelation for some reason is the one book that people um, avoid and are more um, apprehensive to interpret and whatnot. Yeah. But I think that should be the same for every other book. Like you should be uh, looking at the book in that same reverence in the sense where I don't want to take the book of Mark out of context, right? But where we're kind of, we read, we look at the book of Revelation, we're like, oh, I don't want to take this out of context. I'm just not going to read it. But we don't really apply that to other parts of the Bible. True. It's huge. No, I like that. That's, that's massive. I think, yeah, again, it's like, I would say don't go interpret Revelation out of fear. Because if you are, if you believe in Jesus and you're saved, like we win. Best case scenario, whatever happens in the end times, depending on your eschatology, we, we win. Like yeah. we go to heaven, we spend eternity with Jesus. So I would say don't allow, I think for a lot, a lot of people, and even I think for myself before I went to seminary and like we dabbled in it a little bit, for me it was like 
there's like a fear element around revelation. We've like mysticized revelation. And I, I would say like demystify it. It's none of the stuff he's talking about. There's a lot of symbolism. None of it is weirder than somebody being born of a virgin and coming back from the dead. Yeah. You know, like if you can believe that, if you can believe yeah. Moses can part the Red Sea. Come on. Yeah. God could show up in a burning bush. Absolutely. You shouldn't you believe be amazed. That, like, Jonah can live in the belly of a whale. If you believe that like Samson was, is so strong, he can collapse a jail on him. Like if you believe like all these crazy things and at the bottom of, or like, the, the bottom of the top of that list, you believe Jesus was born of a virgin was fully human, fully God, was crucified, rose again, and then as he left, left us the Holy Spirit who now dwells inside of us. If you believe all that, why is Revelation scaring you? Yep. Rev- uh, and uh, a little tidbit, Revelation, I believe, is the only book in the Bible that uh, offers a guaranteed blessing to those who read it. Wow. I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, it says it in uh, the beginning. Wow. I actually really like Revelation. I like the letters to the seven churches. I think they're actually yeah. fire because there's like uh, Jesus talking to the churches. Like one of them, I don't remember where it is in Revelation. Obviously, it's me. But there's something about Jesus saying like, I will be knocking on the door and I will come in and dine with whoever opens it. Mm. I love that verse. Yeah. All right. Next question. Yeah. What time are we at? Uh, 33. Yeah. Let's keep it rolling. All right. So next question is, is salvation based on faith alone or do good works play a role? That's a great question. This That's a question that like denominations will argue about like all the time. And uh, I think there's a scripture. Is it in Luke? Faith without works is dead. Um, I say this. This is what the side I err on. I say you cannot earn your salvation. It's a free gift. It is given to you. Um, Jesus died so that you could receive salvation, so that you could go to heaven, so that you could have an uh, intimate relationship with him. Now, however, I believe that works show evidence of salvation. I would say that works are fruit of your salvation. If you are saved um, and you are living a spirit-led life, you're being renewed by the Holy Spirit, you're allowing him to lead your life and manifest through you, there will be fruit in your life that will often look like works. You will be serving people. You will be telling people about Jesus. You will be living a life that looks like his. The, The works come out of your salvation. They are not, you're not working for your salvation. Does that make sense? So the salva- the works are a byproduct of salvation. They're not your buy-in of salvation. Ooh, that was good. That was a word. I was, that was fire. <laughs> that was an accident. So I, I would say for people that get stuck in religious mindsets of like, I have to work to show that I'm saved, or I have to work to get saved, or I have to prove my worth and value to God, I have to perform for his love. That's not gospel at all. Gospel is that Jesus came and gave you a free gift of salvation, and through that salvation— through um, having the Holy Spirit dwell inside of you. Work comes out as fruit of that. I think that's the last question. Yeah. Think it's good? Yeah. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening. If you liked this episode and you liked, first of all, say thank you to Mike. It was so awesome having him on here. Yo. Love you, bro. If you liked having Mike on here, maybe leave some comments and we could convince him to come back and do this more because it was nice having him here. Uh, also, if you liked this idea this chat gpt type questions maybe we'll throw it in the mix a lot more and kind of do a lot more things because i guess now that i know about this it's kind of endless yeah it really is so if you liked it leave a comment let us know or dm me or whatever and we'll do another episode from chat gpt i love y'all thanks so much i hope this podcast encouraged you be sure to share it with a friend 
share it with a family member. We, we all honestly answered a lot of questions today that are uh, hanging up a lot of people from knowing Jesus. There's a lot of barriers around these questions. Hopefully today they became bridges. Love you guys. Catch you in the next one. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.